Hello and welcome to In Line With Nature, the podcast that explains an approach to building that puts the future of our planet first. With me, Hannah McInnes. In this series, I talk to experts about modern day construction, its impact on the natural world and why the time for change is now. I'll be talking to our series of guests about new approaches to design, reimagining a built environment at one rather than at odds with nature. My name is Steve Allen. I work with hemp building materials, both building with them, designing buildings around them, consulting, advising and teaching and promoting the system worldwide. Given that that is such an intriguing job title, can I ask you just to give us a little bit more detail how you got into it and and why most specifically um, you got into it? Right. Well, I got into it mainly through learning about it in a book which was about the whole potential of hemp. Um, a book that started as a sort of hemp revival back in the mid 80s, a book called The Hemp Emperor Wears No Clothes, which was basically about how hemp had been prohibited and limited and, 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 and fought against as it provided a sort of an alternative to petrochemical materials, plus a lot of other aspects to it as well. However, in that book, in one of the later editions of that book, uh, were uh, information about a building material. And seeing as hemp is such a broadly environmentally friendly crop uh, the fact that you could use these materials in buildings that were uh, in a sort of natural way was very intriguing to me and then I uh, just happened to be uh, halfway through my own house building my own house when I discovered this material and so I bought some uh, applied it to my own house as a plaster in this case and was so impressed that and other people were so impressed that I got to start importing it and doing it for people all over the country but then I started to build whole houses with it and uh, helped uh, develop a, a type of spray machine um, that sprayed it into place uh, and have since gone on to, uh, to, to found the International Hemp Building Association and um, uh, held cold conferences all over the world. Wherever there's something happening with hemp building, we go try and go there and f- f- showcase what's happening. And uh, that has, has led me on to all kinds of uh, different projects in different places around the world teaching. Hemp is obviously, uh, as a material, something that you and others would like to see more in construction. Why Why is that? And is it realistic to imagine sort of it on a great scale? Uh, well, uh, it's all to do with production and, and agriculture to start with, of course. But agriculture at the present is looking very, very uh, sort of dramatically for alternatives to the way that they are currently doing things. And so we still need to grow food crops. And to do that, we need rotation systems and, and systems that don't employ a lot of inputs. And uh, uh, hemp can certainly be that uh, solution. Uh, then when we have those materials, those materials can be used in a variety of different ways. There are two main products that come from the straw from the hemp plant, which are fibres and, and a sort of woody chip. Uh, the fibres can be made into a fibre insulation in the same way as sheep's wool, glass fibre or rock wool, except they're a lot healthier and they are a lot more longer lasting. Um, and don't have any nasty off-gassing or fiber, dangerous fibres floating off them. Uh, and then we can use the wood chips together with uh, a binder, quite often made with lime, but anything that's hygroscopic and can hold it together so we can create an envelope around buildings, whether existing buildings or new buildings, that breathes and holds heat in a way that uh, a lot of other materials don't. So what's stopping us from whole-scale building with hemp 
you know, moving into the future? Well, nothing really other than a hesitancy in investing in it, really. Um, the, the results from all the initial hemp building projects from all over the world have been, you know, amazingly successful. Most of the academia that has looked into it is constantly amazed at all the beneficial aspects that can be discovered about these materials and the way they're, they're applied. And, uh, you know, we're we're facing into this huge uh, housing need and we need to find ways of building houses that are what they call net zero. In other words, they don't use any energy. They actually don't they don't have a carbon footprint, uh, especially over the slightly longer term. And so that's the kind of buildings we need to build. And we need to find ways of doing that quickly. Now, any kind of natural resource a natural supply of, of a resource uh, is dependent on climate and the weather and, and annual production. So we can't just turn the tap off and say, right, we need that much hemp. And then we're going to start doing this. We need to grow the hemp. We need to get the farmers to do that. And we need to... to, to establish processing so that we can get the materials we need from this, that raw material and then then the sky's the limit then there are all sorts of ways of incorporating that wood chip with binders to make blocks or panels or spray spray applied material um, it's a you know, very wide-ranging type of uses and this material has both thermal mass and thermal resistance or a lack of conductivity so that it becomes both a way of storing heat in the fabric of the building but also insulating at the same time and because it's a natural open structured material this allows for a kind of balancing between inner temperatures and outer temperatures to create a very comfortable interior and a very healthy one and more to the point in, in certain cases in in the replacing of, of uh, tower block cladding and not a fireproof material Mm. So, you know, to be able to encase a building, whether it's an existing building or a new one, in a material like this offers all sorts of uh, potential. You've written a, a book, uh, I, I understand, coming out very soon, um, Hemp Buildings, 50 International Case Studies. Perhaps you, it's we, we don't have hugely long, but I wonder if you could describe some of the interesting buildings, of, uh, just a, a couple or three. Right. Well, the, yeah, amongst the 50, there are some of the oldest hemp building projects that, are, that have been carried out from the early days of the, of the technology, which was only in the 80s, but on the, in the early 90s. But still, uh, there were some very uh, sort of iconic projects completed in those days. But also there have been gradually a, 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 a diversification into all kinds of applications. There are examples of hospitals, of schools, of, fa- of factory buildings, of, 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 of office buildings of uh, um, other uh, manufacturing uh, all kinds of different types of, of, of structures for storage of precious materials by the British Science Museum to the repair or the emergency structure for a widow whose house was flooded in the, in the southern region of Nepal so there are you know, a lot of different variety of materials blocks panels sprayed applications cast applications and different kinds of frameworks steel timber stone all kinds of applications. And you talk about Nepal and, and different countries all over the world. Are there some countries that are really getting this, getting to grips with it, and others that aren't? Are there places that we should look to across the world 
Well, certainly uh, in the UK is is one of the first places to look. Um, there have been some of the most uh, maybe adventurous and, and imaginative projects in in England. Uh, both the, the project I was talking about uh, before that about the British Science Museum, but also people like Marks and Spencers have built massive uh, shopping centres in, in Cheshire Oaks up in uh, up in Ellesmere Port there, and um, uh, there have been many housing estates and a new one recently completed in Springfield Meadows in Oxfordshire that uh, uh, has been done by a company called Greencore and they've just had a £500 million investment so um, they're going big scale now they're, they can produce you know, modular housing at guaranteed erection time, finishing time and uh, is, is net zero. Would you say that this was really first and foremost down to architects, down to the construction industry or is there something that homeowners and tenants can take away from this? I mean, what can people who aren't involved in those industries, what can they do? Uh, well, there is a lot of, of, of potential for what we call retrofitting or repairs or renovations using hempcrete or hemp plaster. And uh, you know, there are, I'm sure, some uh, both videos that I've presented online and other teaching uh, courses that might be run that could teach that. But uh there's certainly ways of, of improving the behaviour of modern buildings that uh, might have problems with damp and mould and that sort of thing. But uh, at the same time, you know, there the, there is a, ma- a certain amount of skill needed for those sort of things, and and there isn't a great a great body of skill um, uh, involved in this trade yet. There are certainly experts, and there are pockets of people all over the, the country and all over Europe. Um, especially in places like France and increasingly in in Italy, um, so you know there are uh, all sorts of examples we can look at to see how this works, um, and I'm hoping that my book will be, help that you know in the fact that it is such a wide ranging amount of, of projects, so and it can be some of them are in the tropics, some of them are in the the, the, the very arid conditions, some of them are in more wild western coasts like here in Ireland or in Canada. So you know, there's it's the the potential is 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 it's enormous. It's just really a question of getting the processing established so that farmers have a reason to grow it. They've got a market, and that that can then be expanded as the demand requires. And the fact that you can not only produce the raw materials of fibre for making insulation or the wood chips to make concrete or hemp plasters, but you can also be using those same wood chips to be making panel boards or or, or composite boards with some of them with mineral binders that can be used to make doors, complete doors or, or other kinds of, of, of sheeting. The, the potential is, is enormous. So uh, the, the fact of making modular housing, you could have a factory where a bale of hemp goes in one end and um, a house comes out the other, is the kind of thing that we're going to need to do to be able to guarantee the price of housing and to be able to house quickly as many people as possible because we're going to have a huge we already have a huge need for housing and we're going to need even more because uh, the number of people that will be migrating from desperate countries is not likely to decrease with the effects of climate change and so all these people that will come to any country that is surviving and doing okay they're going to need to be housed together with the people that are already there and uh, there is a huge need for retraining young people in you know, profitable and practical crafts such as building.
whether that's uh, construction or engineering or in electrical engineering or, or plumbing, all those trades are short of, of people and the average age of builders has gone up to in the 50s. Just to finish, it's absolutely fascinating hearing all of this. Um, Could you just tell me whether you feel, and I get a sense of what I think your answer might be, but generally a sense of optimism looking forward when it comes to this very specific field of building with hemp in order to try and get over some of the challenges, environmentally speaking, that the construction industry faces? Well, we, and part of it is that the part of the challenge is to get the attention, whether it's the media, which is, of course, is a very large aspect of it, um, and into the academia, the, the world of academia, where people are looking for solutions. And we have a lot of solutions to a lot of the, the, the issues that will be raised in the coming years or that are already being raised. And so we need to 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 be able to have our voice heard <laughs> so the, the international hemp building association and my own work privately you know we're doing lo- lots of, of pushing at the moment we've just published a position paper and the 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 potential is huge <laughs> but it's a matter of of, of exp- you know, it's a very broad ranging plan and that is always complicated to get people to, to grasp all the aspects of it. The fact that it's so interconnected with it, agriculture and carbon emissions and energy use and, and housing and employment and skills and community. And, you know, it just goes on and on. The connections are all intertwined. And so you need all those ministries to sit down together and agree to work together to work on a plan that will be beneficial for all of them. Uh, absolutely fascinating hearing from you and people can go off um i have been doing the same uh, preparing for our interview looking at various other interviews you've done they can go to your site and of course hopefully when this podcast comes out or very soon after they can buy your fascinating sounding book thank you so much for for doing the podcast and talking to us today thank you so much thank you very much hannah you've been listening in line with nature brought to you by the Closters forum hosted by me hannah mckinnis produced by claire heaton and supported by the wonderful team at the Closters forum we'd love to hear your thoughts suggestions or any questions you might have about the episode just send your email to podcast at the and make sure to tune in for our next installment